be vessels of God in power. God, Jesus, coming in power. Do you know you're all vessels of the Holy Spirit when you give your life to Jesus? You're all a vessel of the Holy Spirit. He lives in you. But there's always more of him that we can receive. God has so much more planned for you to put himself in you more. So much more. Because there's a difference between receiving the Holy Spirit when you give your life to Jesus. And then there's a difference between that and receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Which is when the Holy Spirit comes upon you with fire. H4 Holy Spirit came and lived inside of me. That was my earliest memory when I gave my life to Jesus officially on the couch with mom and dad. Oh, I know, it's so sweet. I have the best parents. <laughs> um, but, I, but I did not have the baptism of the Holy Spirit for many years. It wasn't until uh, 2015, 2015, 2016, 2016. It was January. It was, it was almost 2015. January 7th, the week of my birthday, when the Holy Spirit came upon me in fire. And it was the most tangible experience I've had with the Holy Spirit, where Holy Spirit was so real and alive. And the Holy Spirit came upon me in true fire in the spiritual realm and took over my tongue. I remember that excitement and joy of Holy Spirit visiting me like never before. Like it was like hugging me, you know, like that excitement. That love, I'll never forget. Many were receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but me, this was me. I was screaming in tongues purely because my spirit was leaping like never before as I encountered God's love and embrace tangible love for the first time. And I was never the same since that day. I, I surrendered to God in that moment as my eyes opened up to God's love. So there's a difference there. What happened there was I received more of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And just like in the book of Acts, you begin to speak in tongues. And you're communicating to the Holy Spirit directly when you pray in tongues. Hallelujah. That's exciting. Amen. Um, but in that moment, you receive power, what's really happening is it's like step one of being prepared to minister to others in power. Step one, Jesus says, do not go and minister, do not leave until you receive the Holy Spirit in fire. That's what he says to the disciples. He didn't want them to minister without his power. Because the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. Um, but there are, there are people who pray in tongues and maybe a week later, a month later, a year later, they're living a sinful life, still praying in tongues, or they're full of pride, still full of tongues, right? So there's a difference. This is where we see that there's a difference between 
receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and receiving the anointing. And the anointing, the Bible says, is what destroys the yokes. The yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Yokes simply are demons, demonic strongholds, demonic spirits, impure spirits, whatever you want to call it. Demonic chains. That's a yoke. They cannot be broken on your own accord. You can be fasting, you can be praying, you can be speaking in tongues, doing all the right things, but it's not going because it's not those things that destroys the yoke. It's the anointing that destroys the yoke. And the anointing is found in vessels of God whom God chooses. And he puts that anointing there, it lives in the vessel, and then it flows through the vessel as the vessel obeys God. So there are many, in fact, we can even say most Christians today who don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit and do not have the anointing. Man, I was such an open Christian my whole life. I wasn't like closed off, skeptical, nothing. But it took me, I mean, going to church every week, twice a week, at, twice or three times a week most of my life, it took me till age 25 26, 25, I'm forgetting, 2015, 20, 25, to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It took me all that time. And what about people who are prideful, right? So we have so many Christians today who are missing so much of the Holy Spirit in their lives. We need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And you need the anointing to really be a vessel of God who's destroying yokes, who's making God proud, who's really destroying the kingdom of darkness. We need the anointing. Amen? So this is God's will for you, to be a vessel of the anointing. This really is God's will. It is not God's will for just me to carry the anointing or a couple or three, a handful. That is not God's will. It is God's will for you all to be vessels of his power. We all have different callings. We all have different um, capacities of the anointing that we will be walking in. We're all called to be walking in different gifts, different levels of gifts, different numbers of gifts. But I can tell you one thing. You're all called to walk in the anointing, to carry the anointing. The kingdom of God is not a matter of talk but of power. So Jesus is not a matter of just talking about him, but of power. So Jesus living in you needs to be Jesus coming in power. Not just talking about him. Or else we are not representing him rightly to the world. You'll be amazed by how so many people flock to the church when more of us can rise up and be vessels of his power. It'll be so easy. It was easy for Jesus. Word spread mightily of all the miracles that were happening. People need miracles. They're going to witches. They're going to psychics. Because the church isn't offering answers and help, real help that they need. It was easy for Jesus. I mean, it says, I mean, it was easy for Jesus to gather a crowd. Easy. It was not hard. He did not have to strive. Because he was coming in power, 
releasing what the people needed. That's what attracts people to Jesus. And this is what shows the highest level of love, to help people with what they really need help with. Um, and and th- then we see this in the book of Acts. We see, once again, it is easy for the Acts church to have people fill the church. Same thing's happening. News is spreading. Word is spreading of the miracles that are taking place. We'll be amazed by how revival spreads simply when more of you, more of us, can rise up and be vessels of the anointing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the Bible says many are called, few are chosen. Many are called to be vessels of the anointing. Many. But few will say yes. That's what it really, I mean, it's up to you. It's not like God's like, mm, 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 He ends up being that way, but it's because of our choice. We can choose, we have the choice, 100%, to be a chosen one. You're not missing anything. God didn't, it's not like he didn't do a good enough job putting a heart in you. Don't believe the lies of the devil that say your heart isn't good enough. And I just, I want to reveal that to you. That's actually a strategy that the devil, uh, of the devil to people with pure, humble hearts. Because he's terrified when they see who they really are. (laughs) So it's a scheme of the devil actually to say your heart isn't good. Some of you are being freed right now to rise up (laughs) and do what God's called you to do. You are chosen. Your heart is beautiful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So to be chosen, this is what God's looking for. He's looking for this. It's really clear. It's right in the word of God, Matthew eleven twenty five. 25. This is the Passion Translation. I love this translation of this scripture. It says, Jesus exclaimed, oh, by the way, this is, the, this, is the, this is when the disciples first came back from casting out demons for the first time, and they're so excited. Wow, we're just like you, Jesus. The demons are obeying us just like you. And Jesus says, Jesus exclaims, this is pretty much right after they say this to Jesus. Father, thank you. For you are Lord, the supreme ruler over heaven and earth, and you have hidden the great revelation of your authority from those who are proud and wise in their own eyes. Instead, you have shared it with those who humble themselves. Yes, Father, your plan delights your heart as you've chosen this way to extend your kingdom by giving it to those who have become like trusting children. Those are the chosen ones. Many are called, few are chosen. Many are prideful. Many will not humble themselves. And they can never be chosen. I told you it's up to you. We can choose to humble ourselves. Amen? It's an action word in the Bible. Humble yourself before the Lord. Humble yourself. You can do it. You don't have to pray, Lord, give me a better heart. You humble yourself. (laughs) and allow God to work in your heart as you do the action of humbling yourself and rejecting that pride. 
So this is powerful. This actually, this passage reveals why it's rare to see the anointing in vessels and churches today because it's literally hidden. God literally hides this revelation. Another translation says these things. I love this, this passion translation. It says you've hidden the great revel- the revelation of your, of your authority. So meaning like how to, be, how to receive the anointing and how to walk in the anointing, how to walk in the authority effectively, how to be a true vessel of God who carries the authority of Christ effectively where demons truly obey you. God's literally hidden that from those who are proud. So it's not like it's some deep mystery, crazy thing to access the anointing. It's actually very simple, but few are willing to do it. Few are willing to humble themselves. Really humble themselves. Right now, God is raising up his army, his revival army. He's building. He's building it right now. He's, he's raising up people like you here today that are not known, that are not famous, that do not have platforms. He's raising these people up right now. He's looking past the proud, proud with platforms. He's looking past the ones that the world is expecting him to choose in this hour for this move, in this generation. He's looking past them, just like God directed Prophet Samuel to look past all of David's brothers. And God, oh, he has eyes to see you. He has eyes to see the Davids out there. They cannot be hidden. Nothing can be hidden from God. You don't have to worry about God not seeing you. He sees you. He's looking for you. He's looking, where are my Davids? David was, was looked past his own father, wasn't even given a shot. Didn't matter. It doesn't matter who has rejected you. It doesn't matter if every man or woman has rejected you, has rejected you in the church, in the ministry. It does not matter. If you have a heart after God, God will see you and lift you and open up doors that no man can open or shut. Only God can. Supernatural doors. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And, and, I, and I love what Jesus says. He's like, you've chosen this way to extend your kingdom by giving it to the, to the children. To the humble children. That's who you're giving this revelation to. That's who you're choosing. That's who you're unleashing your mighty power, precious power to children the children childlike humble notice he didn't say to the charismatic ones to the eloquent ones to the really intellectual ones to the ones with the prestigious degrees seminary school to the ones that have favor with everybody to the ones that the world likes very likable He didn't say none of that. One thing, childlike, humble. This is who 
God is choosing today. The Bible is literally coming alive before our very eyes. <laughs> like we've never seen. Like we've never seen. It's coming alive. God is going to be choosing people that will shock the world. This person, doesn't matter the age, doesn't matter the gender, doesn't matter your background, doesn't matter your past. There's going to be uh, Saul's who turned into Paul's in this revival. Doesn't matter your past. Doesn't matter what you did yesterday. Doesn't matter your reputation. It doesn't matter if people like you or not. It does not matter. God will choose you if you have this humble, childlike heart. Period. That's it. And I'm t maybe some of you don't know my story. I am like literally in my eyes, the least likely person to be chosen to be a vessel of the anointing. In my eyes, I was that way. Um, I, um, back about seven and a half years ago, um, I was, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm finding today, I'm like, wait, what? what? It's like the months fly by so fast. I'm like, am I getting the numbers right? <laughs> so, Bear with me for the years. I'm like, okay, it was 20, 2016, and I was pursuing being a Christian pop EDM singer-songwriter, and that was my big dream. That's, I really thought I was called to do that. I really thought that was God's will for my life. I love to sing more than anything else in the world. Meanwhile, public speaking was literally my biggest fear and weakness. And I remember in college, we would have to do presentations in front of 10 people. And it was the only time in my life where I would feel fear. It was the only time in my life where I would feel so much fear, I would go like brain dead. Like I couldn't think about what to speak, what I was supposed to speak. I could just think people are looking at me and am I making a fool out of myself? And this is real. Yeah. And so I am pursuing being this Christian singer and I'm putting out music videos and singles and it's really going well. And my, all my family and friends are so supportive. They're like, you're going to make it. And one day, um, I went to a conference where a prophet prophesied to me that I was called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ. And I was called to reach the nations and that God would do many miracles through me. I hear this word, and long story short, there was not a doubt in my mind that it was really God speaking through this true vessel of God. Not one doubt. I just knew, just as like Moses new in the burning bush. This is God. Can't explain it, but you know. I knew, but at the same time, I was shocked. I was perplexed, just like Moses. What in the world? Are you sure you didn't mean to prophesy about music? Yeah, I really felt that way. I, was, I really wanted that. I was like, oh, prophet's here. Maybe he can prophesy about the music. I hope. Um, and like I said, public speaking was my biggest fear and weakness. And I love listening to sermons. I love going to church. I love God more than anything. And nine months prior is when I first encountered the power of God and was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And then my biggest passion was for others to encounter the power of God. Yeah. Biggest passion above all else from that day. But even with all of that, I, I had no desire, inkling to preach or be a minister or even pray for people. I was just coming to church. Yay, they're healed. They're delivered. Come, come to church. You can be healed. You can be 
standing, cheering. That's what I thought my future was in terms of like ministry besides the singing part. So anyways, I was shocked. I could not picture myself preaching one message, let alone every week, my whole life, rest of my life. I could not picture it. This is the real truth. This is the real truth. I could not picture it. I felt so inadequate, but God reminded me of the story of Moses in that, in that moment, actually, when I heard that prophetic word. And I had really surrendered to God. And I really just wanted his will. I mean, nine months prior, when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, that night, I remember saying to the God, whatever you want to do, you can take all of my dreams, Lord, and give me your dreams. If your dreams are different than my dreams, I just want your will, God. I really surrender. Every, everything. There's a difference between surrendering things that you're okay with and surrendering things that are hard, right? That's a full surrender. When you surrender the hard things, the things that you don't really want to give up. And God answered that prayer. And because I really meant it, I was able to accept the call. So I quickly accepted because I, I knew this was God speaking. This is God's will. I don't know how this is going to happen. I don't even want this. I don't want this. I didn't. <laughs> I wasn't like, whoa, I'm called to be an apostle. I left there being like, well, I hope I can still do music too because that's where my heart was at that moment. But I knew something about God at that point. I I learned enough about God's heart at that point that I knew he was so trustworthy. He was so trustworthy that he would never call me, he would never create me to do something that I wouldn't have joy doing. I, I knew that about him. He's so good. He's so trustworthy. Amen. He knows us. And there's something I learned about God is that he knows us better than we do. Like, I thought making music was going to make me the happiest, but God knew that this actually, right now, would make me the happiest. It's true. This is what happened. God is faithful. It happened. It it wasn't overnight. But this is what happens with God when you can just obey and you don't understand. It's okay. You just obey. You don't know how it's going to work out. You don't know how it's going to happen. You just, like, blindly obey. Day after another, one day after another, step after step, obey, obey, obey. And in that place of obedience is where God transforms your heart. He transformed my heart. He transformed my heart to, for, for me to like see people how he sees them more. For me to see people that are really suffering, tormented by the enemy. And that God wants to reach them, heal them, deliver them, show them his love. And that God has one major way of doing that, and that's through people. And that God asked me to do that. So he started giving me this heart for people. Hallelujah. And so now I can say that I am more passionate about ministering now than singing, by far. By far. I'm so happy I trusted God over myself. Amen. This is why we have to be humble and childlike, though, because we think we know best. We really are children. We need to be more like how we are. We are children of God. God is God. He created us. He's almighty. Who are we to think we know what's best for our life? Come on. Who are we to think we know everything about
about how God does everything and how he does church and how he wants to cast out demons and how, who are we to think we know it all? Come on. Who are we to think we know all the revelation from the word of God? Who are we to say that revelation's wrong? God is so big. I believe he's so big that he can bring new revelation to many different vessels of God. Amen. We gotta start seeing ourselves as who we are, children of God, and be childlike. Lord, I know nothing. Oh Lord, teach me. When we're elderly, Lord, there's so much I need to learn still. Teach me, God. This is a big definition of being humble. Is um, one of the big parts of being humble is understanding that you have knowledge in you knowledge about god knowledge about how you think god speaks knowledge about how you think exactly god wants to move and everything but some of that that you've accumulated whether it was your personal revelation or whether it was teachings you've received some of it is wrong doctrine if you are living in especially in the U.S., but many places today, if you are living today in 2022 and you grew up in church in some way, most likely there's some religion there, right? Most likely, probably 99.9, maybe even 100% of us, I know I had a lot of religion. I had to get out. I had to empty out. You know, I grew up in church my whole life, and then age 25, my eyes opened up. And now I'm starting to hear this teaching about anointing, about how we are given authority over the devil, teaching about uh, how God's using apostles today and prophets and the fivefold ministry and all this. I never heard any kind of this teaching before. Nothing. Anointing? We have authority in Christ? It sounds crazy right now because it's like such basic. (laughs) I mean, that's like one of our biggest parts of our identity is that we have authority over the devil. Ah, but I literally had no clue growing up as a Christian since my being in my mother's womb. I had no clue until seven something years ago. Wow, right? So that's a lot of us, yeah? I had to empty out. I had to allow God to confound me, allow God to empty, humble me. So, so you should, what you should do, what um, emptying yourself out, that's part of being humble. Emptying yourself out is taking all of this knowledge, all this knowledge that you've received, all the doctrine you've received, all of the, oh, God told me this. A lot of times people are like, God told me this, and God didn't tell me anything. Many times it's the angel of light. Many times it's their own thoughts. Many times it's what they want to hear. God told me. You know? So you need to take all of that out and place it before God and put it in your hands, and a lot of it's truth there, but there's some that's not truth. And you say, God, Humble me. Confound me. I give you permission to take out whatever is not of you. All of the wrong doctrine, all of the stuff that I thought I heard was you speaking, but it wasn't. All of it. Take it out, Lord, and put in what's of you. Put in your truth. That's the big part of being humble is emptying yourself and continuing to do that. Amen? Um, and another big part about being humble is having a heart like David's, where it says, Acts 13, 22, it says, um, they, David was raised up to be king. He was chosen. Uh, 
And, and God says, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, and he shall fulfill my perfect will. To be humble is to be a woman or a man after God's own heart. That's what God's looking for. Once again, it's very simple, but it's very hard for many people to do. Being after God's heart means dying to yourself completely. Means not being after your heart at all. There's so many aspects of our heart that we got to die to. There's so many dreams, plans expectations it has to be this way things need to go this way we have to give them up and be a true person day in and out who is after God's heart that's what God's looking for that heart where their their eyes are constantly on God's Lord all I want to do is please you today the next day Lord all I want to do is please you I don't want to do anything to grieve you, God, that this would be so in your heart, at the forefront of your mind. Just like when you are in love, if you, if you, when you are in love, you, you are, you're, you're, you're looking what makes them happy, what pleases them, what grieves them. You're sensitive. You're so aware. It brings you the most joy to see them happy and not upset. That's what God is looking for, after his heart. My heart, what makes me full of joy is to see God happy and never sad. That's what God's looking for. And for that heart, you really have to die to yourself. You know, if you want to be a vessel of this anointing, it requires being someone who doesn't care about their reputation. You can't avoid this. Actually, Galatians 1.10, it says, For am I now seeking the favor of men or of God? Or am I striving to please men? For if I were so pleasing men, I wouldn't be a servant of Christ. You can't do both and be a servant of Christ. You, you can try to do both, but it does not happen. Trying to do both would be like Jesus doing miracles and preaching within the confines of what the Pharisees' rules were. You know, the Pharisees, they, they were so offended by him. And it just this is what made them hate him so much was that he was moving out of the box. They, they were so offended that he was healing people on the Sabbath when the law says you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do any kinds of works. But Jesus stood firm, kept his eyes on the Father. I want to please you, Father. I don't care what the Pharisees do, say, or think. I am only about my Father's business. I only want to do what he wants me to do. That's it. I don't care about anything else. To be a vessel of the anointing, this is what it's like. Jesus gave us an example of this. Um, People are going to be offended. Um, so th- I want to mention this. This is, this is part of what mean, means being humble, being a man or woman after God's heart, which means following the Holy Spirit wherever he goes, wherever. 
and he goes outside of the box and outside of the box can feel scary is definitely very uncomfortable and is definitely a very uncertain place it's a place where you'll people won't agree with you people will start saying you're from the devil even <laughs> when you go outside of the box because religion is stuck inside of a box the pharisees were stuck inside of the box and so when you start following the holy spirit holy spirit is not religion so he for sure steps out of that box and so when you follow him there, people say, you're not doing the thing of God because the thing of God, the move of God, the ways of God, the doc real doctrine of God is only in this box. It's important you know this. I'm just being upfront with you. You want to walk in the anointing? This is the part of the price. This is what it means. Let's grow up and be okay with it, yeah? <laughs> let's get over ourselves. You know, let's, let's just... Let's just say yes and amen to Paul when he says, I can't, do, I can't be a servant of Christ and please men. All right? Okay. I'll have haters. Okay. Whatever. People won't like me. People will disagree with me. People will even call me of the devil. All right. Whatever. I'm just happy to be pleasing God. That's all I care about. I'm after God's heart. So that stuff doesn't bother me one bit. I'm focused. Hallelujah. And so I've, I've had to deal with that from the beginning. I remember when I first announced, you know, I'm called to be an apostle now. I'm sure my whole family and friends thought I was crazy. First of all, because many people don't even hear that apostles exist today. Many people don't hear that prophets exist today. And I'm saying a prophet prophesied that I'm called to be an apostle. And then on top of that, like, nobody saw me that I could be a preacher. It made no sense. They're like... They see me as a singer. That's my gift. They've never seen me public speak one time in my life. And I wasn't even someone where when you go out to dinner with someone, I'm like, oh, I'm a great speaker here. Like, no, I was just like a normal person, <laughs> you know? And so a lot of people, I didn't, all that support I got from um, doing the music completely went away. Silence from family and friends completely. Yeah. <laughs> to this day, pretty, for the most part, actually, too. Um, so I started to deal with that at that point, but it didn't matter because I was focused. Amen? And there's nothing that gives you more joy than to, than to know that you're touching God's heart. I'm telling you, that's the place. That's the place that you're all searching for, that everyone in this world is searching for. That's the ultimate place where that void is filled. When you're in relationship with God, real relationship where you're after his heart. Not that religious, yeah, I love God, and you do the churchy things. But you're after God's heart. You're, look, what pleases you, Lord? And you do it, and you can see in the spiritual realm with faith that he's looking back at you saying, I'm so proud of you. You've touched my heart. Amen? So there was that, and then, um, then we, we had church in a building for, for a few years. And... Um, then COVID hit, 2020, and we were renting the building. We didn't own the building. And so then they said, you can't rent here anymore because of COVID. So then shortly after, God spoke to me and he says, I want you to take church outside. I'm moving outside of the box. <laughs> Hallelujah. And 
there was these big prophecies over my life, over the ministry, uh, over for this revival, over America. There was these big prophecies that these big miracles were going to happen and revival was going to break out. And I was believing in this for, for years, for four and a half years at this point. And of course, when you're believing in the promise, this dream, you visualize it, you imagine it. And I'm telling you, I imagined it. And every imagination, every vision, dream I had was not outside in a park with a wire microphone and a battery-operated piano and a tiny Bose battery-operated speaker, and that was it. I did not picture that. But God's ways are not our ways, and he moves outside of the box. He surprises us. He does something we didn't expect. And that's what happened. So we started going outside. It was just John Tall and I at first, two of us. Our church had grown from 20, gone, dwindled down to five over the course of four years. COVID hit, dwindled down to two of us. And <laughs> but God is faithful. Hallelujah. That was a time of refining fire is what that was. And I'm grateful God did that because he truly refined me in that time. But we went outside. And it was just within uh, five months that of being outside and I continued to post videos online. I posted a video online and the, the video, 59 second video on TikTok went, went viral with one million views in a day and a half. And this video was just showing God moving in power over the course of that year. There were no demons cast out at this point. There were not any really big miracles, but we were so blessed to see God move in power from time to time, like tangibly, like maybe every other month or something. And so I compiled these moments and that video went viral. And I prayed at the end and thousands of testimonies on that video were saying, I was healed, I was delivered while watching this video. Atheists, couple atheists even said, I'm an atheist, but I felt power when I watched this video. So this was the beginning of the revival breaking out. And then um, miracles started happening happening on every single live I would do. A couple months later, in March 2021, a woman flew from Massachusetts to encounter God at the park when we had just 20 people at this point. We'd grown a little bit to 20. And that day, um, there was the biggest fight to have church ever, ever, ever. Um, we couldn't reserve the amphitheater because of COVID times. You, you couldn't do permits and all that. It's just whoever shows up first. So we had the amphitheater. We show up, and at the amphitheater, there's 50 or 60 people having a social gathering party thingy. And we were like begging them, like, please, like you've been here for a few hours. We're having people fly here today. There was others coming from Nashville that day just to encounter God in the park with 20 of us there. And I was saying to them, please, like, could you just move over on the grass a little bit so we can have church in the amphitheater? And oh, they were putting up a fight. But we kept fighting the good fight of faith and Sandy strong. And eventually they ended up moving over a little bit so we could have the amphitheater. But devil was mad and they start playing heavy metal music so loud, 10 feet from us. So I'm preaching right here really loud. And I'm saying, sit in the front row, you people who flew all the way to be here. And like where that um, speaker is over there is where there was these tons of people gathering, socializing listening to their heavy metal music. And it was there, right there, God moving outside of the box where the first demon manifested and was cast out. <laughs> yeah. And the demon was speaking out of her. I don't want her to preach. 
beach, like screaming, falling down, like, and praise God, I was just focused and in the zone. Because <laughs> there was all sorts of people of the world all over watching. But God moves outside of the box, and we got to not care what people think. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Hallelujah. 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 And I remember even before that happened, that first demon was cast out. Um, and by the way, uh, um, a couple, less, than, less than a couple months later, 300 came to the park because they heard about the deliverance that had started to break out from that day. And ever since then, hundreds have come every single week. Now, many from different nations, pretty much every week now. Hallelujah. Yes, glory to God. He is faithful. But um, even before that happened, I was ministering so differently. Like, there was no demons trembling. I wasn't praying for deliverance. I wasn't praying. I was just, how I was ministering was just, like, calling out a person and speaking as a gentle, like, prophetic word to them. And then all of a sudden, God shifts things. Holy Spirit shifts. Holy Spirit's like, go this way. When you've been going this way for years. I was ministering a certain way for years, and God completely shifts me a new way. I want you to move in this way now. I want you to be commanding demons to leave person after person because I'm bringing people who need freedom to you. And so I had to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, how do you want me to minister? How do you want to... What? And, and I had to completely change, completely shift. Amen? Amen? If you want to be a vessel of the anointing, you have to be flexible with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit will change things up. He will be moving in this beautiful way, this gorgeous way that you love so much. I loved how he... How ministry was happening, how he had me ministering, it was so beautiful. People would tear up as the prophetic word touched them. I loved it. But then all of a sudden, God was having me go, go, go in Jesus' name. Go. It was so different. It was so different. But I loved the other way, but I had to be open to God saying, I want to move in a different, beautiful way, just as beautiful. But it's different because God moves. He's I am that I am. We cannot put him in a box. And this is a very important word for this move of God, this revival, because this is what we're going to see God do. We're just going to see him shock us with him manifesting himself in different ways. We're going to be shocked by how God, God moves in the prophetic ministry and touches people's hearts to know, wow, you know me, God? You've really, you really been with me? You really love me? And then we're going to be shocked by the mighty authority of Jesus Christ. The, the passion and love for his people to be delivered. And we'll see the, the mighty force of the anointing cast the demons out. And then we'll see other people filled with the joy of the Lord. Laughing so hard. Filled with the joy. Of, we'll see all these different manifestations of the Holy Spirit. We'll see all the, it's going to look different. There's going to be a time in this revival where... One service will look one way, and another service will look a different way. Guys, I mean, we, we cannot limit God. There's so many facets to God. There's so many works that he needs to do. Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. So, you know, I think about Apostle Paul, how he was using handkerchiefs. The Bible says that they were taking handkerchiefs to his body and bringing them to people and touching them, and demons would leave. But... If you think about it, um, Jesus 
we don't see immediately when Jesus um, appeared to him in the vision or even when that disciple Ananias opened his eyes. We don't see them say, God's going to use you in power. You're called to be an apostle, and this is how you're going to move. And this is the only way you're going to move is with the handkerchiefs. When in actuality, he was ministering one way, doing what Jesus was doing, uh, commanding with a voice, go, demons, right? Laying hands on the sick. And then one day, one day, Holy Spirit speaks. I want you to do something brand new. I'm going to move. I'm going to heal people and deliver people in a way that nobody's seen before. Even when I was ministering. I want you to take handkerchiefs, put them. It sounds kind of silly if you think about it, if you've never heard of it before, right? Handkerchiefs and aprons they were putting on his body and laying on people. I bet there were some Pharisees that had some problem with a problem with that. <laughs> Same with Peter. Peter, we see Peter moving in many different ways, raising the dead, and he's saying the word, like, rise up. We see him commanding with words. He's, we're seeing one-on-one prayer. We're seeing that one woman that's being obnoxious. And he, and he rebukes the demon in her, speaking as they're walking together. And then out of nowhere, one day, same thing. It's not like Jesus, when he was with Peter, saying, you're the rock, and this is the only way I want you to move. Yeah. You're going to be putting people under your shadow, and that's how I'm going to use you. Only. We don't see that. Right? But really, what happened one day was Holy Spirit spoke to him. I want to shift you in a new direction. I want to astound people with how I can move differently. And so I want you to come to church and say, everybody line up right here. And I want you to say, my shadow is going to pass people and demons are going to go. Once again, that's like wild, crazy. It's normal to us because we read it in the word all this time. But when they heard it for the first time, this is the kind of thing God's going to be doing in this revival. And we'll, we'll see new things. We'll see new things like beyond the handkerchief and the shadow. Amen. But, but you've got to be so flexible the Holy Spirit and not care what people think. You know, I had to go through that. There's so many times when I've had to go through this, people, people um, not agreeing and, and, and saying what I'm doing is of the devil, all of that, that Jesus had to go through. I've had to go through that a lot simply from following the Holy Spirit, from following the Holy Spirit, doing a new thing. For example, um, this, in this move of God, there's a new revelation that God's bringing, not new according to the Bible, but new in the body of Christ today. And it's a greater revelation of the authority of Christ. Just like with Peter, how it was the great high-level authority of Christ in him that made the demons to go and the sick to be healed just by his shadow. But so much in the body of Christ, we, we, we've had a limited a revelation of authority and we many times we think there needs to be one-on-one prayer there needs to be laying on hands all of this we've limited God right so in this move of God God is bringing this this revelation so that he can do more works so more people can be delivered and healed so one word and everyone's healed amen hallelujah but I I faced that I faced I could feel I could feel the devil was so angry (laughs) that I was following the Holy Spirit where God could do a new thing. I could feel he was so angry. I could feel the pressure, the pressure to conform to the old ways, to the old wineskin. I could feel that we will be happy with you. We will like you. We will accept you. We will give you a platform. We will invite you. We will not speak bad things about you if you conform to what makes us more comfortable. 
Yeah, I've, I've gone through that a lot. I've, I've felt that a lot. I've felt that spirit a lot. But we have to be strong and say eyes laser focused on Holy Spirit, what do you want? Take me in a new direction. It feels like jumping off a cliff. It takes so much faith. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. Oh, Lord, I need you. But that's the best place to be when you're fully relying on God. Hallelujah. In our weakness, he becomes our strength. He gets the most glory through our weaknesses when we have to rely on him. When we know that no one, people might not agree with this. People not, might not like me. People may come against me. But Lord, I'm with you 100%. I'm going where you're calling me to go. And I need you. You're all I got. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So this is what God's looking for from you. To have that available heart of, Lord, I don't care if I have enemies. I don't care who doesn't agree with me. I don't care if my whole family thinks I'm weird. Because God says the true family is those who do the will of God, right? I don't care, Lord. I just want to be used by you. If you can surrender to God in that way, I'm telling you, God will locate you right now, today, and he will pour out this mighty anointing to you. Oh, he will. He will. He will amaze you. He is ready to move now. One of the big surprising things of this revival, because God loves to surprise. He uses us in the prophetic. He gives us prophetic words, but he loves to surprise us. And I love that because I love surprises. Amen? Amen. He does exceedingly, abundantly, beyond whatever we can ask, dream, or imagine. Amen? Amen? This is true. One of the shocking things for me in this revival was to see how God is so serious about releasing the anointing to his people, to his ordinary people, to his young people that are teenagers, to his elderly people, to men and women, to people who've gone to Bible school and those who have not. I have been amazed to see the urgency of God's heart to use his people. I've truly been amazed to hear testimonies back saying, I went to the revival service, I believed in faith, that the impartation I was receiving from God, you didn't lay a hand or anything, but I believed and I received it. And I went and I prayed for somebody and a demon manifested in them and was cast out. And I never seen that before in my entire life. I have heard these testimonies more than I can count from every type of people. But there's one thing that remains consistent among all these people, they're humble. They're childlike. They're surrendered. That's it. God brought you here to deliver you and heal you today. Those of you who need that. And even more. He is also part two. Night two brought you here to receive impartation of anointing. For you to be a true vessel of him in his fullness. That demons would be cast out when you command them. That the sick would be healed. That people would be baptized in the Holy Spirit through you. That the prophetic anointing would move powerfully through you. And people would have revelation of God's love and nearness and reality. Hallelujah. Revival is now. God is calling you now. Will you be chosen? It's up to you. Will you be chosen? Will you humble yourself? 
Will you die to yourself? Will you die to your dreams, your will, your plans? Will you die to the, the, the people pleasing? God will use you. He will use you and he will start to use you even fast because he is ready to move. He is ready to free and heal his people now. No time to waste. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. You can stand to your feet. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for all of the miracles you're going to do today, all the people you're going to free and heal. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for the Davids out here that you have called here. You brought them out of the shepherd's field and you brought them here. Thank you, Jesus, so that you can pour out your anointing. There's anointings that are happening today in the spiritual realm. Just as, as, as Prophet Samuel was sent to anoint David, I see God has sent me here to anoint you today. This is symbolizing the field. Hallelujah. Amen. This is exciting. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Right now, the Holy Spirit is going to move in power. He's going to release his anointing. His first matter of business is to heal and deliver you. So it's important that we surrender to Jesus for him to do whatever he wants, for him to deliver you however he wants and heal you however he wants. Because remember how I was sharing, Holy Spirit cannot be in a box. So there's some of you that might've brought him in a box saying that when, when I get up there and I renounce and, I, and Apostle Catherine prays for me, I will be delivered. You gotta take the box, you gotta take the limits off of God. He may wanna go outside of the box today. He might want to just deliver you right now. Because God is I am that I am. We cannot limit God. Even in our good meaning ways. That's when it becomes religion. In our good meaning ways, right? I have to do this. I have No. I am that I am. Hallelujah. So there's some of you here. Where this anointing is just gonna, you're just gonna be, even right now, right now, I mean, when I say now, I mean literally now, like within this next 10 seconds of me speaking, God, it's God's will that he's gonna deliver you right where you are. We need to surrender to him in that. You are where his anointing is. Surrender to him. Whether he wants to deliver you while you're standing in the back or whether he wants to deliver you as with hunger you come to the front and just you standing at the front the anointing hits you and you're delivered whether he wants it to be through me as a vessel through the one-on-one prayer whether it's through online as you're watching surrender to God right now speak with your own words right now your surrender to the Lord speak with your own heart this is very important to speak with your own heart because it's Jesus is a real person Jesus is the deliverer it's not some sort of experience you're having here. It is an encounter with Jesus, the real person, the person of the Holy Spirit. He is your deliverer. He is your healer. So surrender to him right now with your heart. Tell him, deliver me how you want, however it looks like, however it feels like, however it sounds like. 
Thank you, Jesus. And I see God calling many of you to surrender everything right now in terms of your life, not just today, but your whole life. There's some of you that haven't given up the hard things yet. You haven't given up your dreams yet, your plans yet. You have rigid plans in place. You have timelines set in place. God's asking you to give, give them to him right now. Give them to him for safekeeping, whether he wants to alter it or keep it. You can trust him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Some of you have never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And God is releasing this most precious gift to you right now. If you want more of him in your life, if you want him to truly take over, take over your life, surrender right now. Speak aloud your surrender right now. Close your eyes and speak aloud. Lord, I surrender. Tell him with your own heart. Tell him, I want your Holy Spirit. I want your fire. I want you to have your way and take control of my life. I release the baptism of the Holy Spirit right now in Jesus' name. You pray in the spirit. Pray right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.